name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Tonight we celebrate the feast day of the Assumption of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Our Eastern Rite brothers and sisters in Orthodoxy is called the Dormition of the Theotokos, the Mother of God. Dormition being her falling asleep. Assumption being her resurrection, being raised into heaven by our Lord Jesus Christ. No matter what you call it, Eastern or Western Rite, we're all celebrating the same wondrous event in one of the twelve major feasts of the church. In the early church, Iconography had a very particular purpose. Even in the catacombs under the persecution in Rome, when they were worshiping in the catacombs among the dead, among the dead, they had iconography all over the walls. And the particular use that it began for the benefit of God's people was they were used for teaching. And you've heard it said, a picture is worth a thousand words. Well, the reality is most of the people in that day and time were illiterate. They could not read. And so the iconography of the church, all of those who were teachers and overseers, discipling people in the faith, would use the iconography, the blessed iconography, in order to teach them the realities of the life, death, resurrection of Christ and who we are as Christians. We find that no less true tonight. In fact, when you came into the doors tonight, you don't have a program. What you have is the icon of the Dormition or the Assumption of the Blessed Virgin Mary. And it'll teach us tonight. From what the fathers have always taught us about this blessed event. So as we go along, I invite you to have this in front of you so that you can see what we're talking about and how it's written to teach us about this blessed event. Because this blessed event is all about the greatest hope of the Christian. And that is our resurrection being born and brought into paradise by our Lord Jesus Christ. So let's have a look. I'm not going to. It would take me hours to teach about everything that's in this icon, but I'm going to highlight a few things for you that both tell the story and I believe what ultimately is the focus of our celebration in this feast, our remembrance tonight. At the very bottom, on the left and right of the Blessed Virgin Mary, you see the apostles. But if you were to number them, you'd notice that they aren't all 12 apostles. There's only 11, four on the left, seven on the right. And that's because at the falling asleep, of the mother of our Lord, Thomas wasn't yet present. But the other 11 apostles were scattered all over the place, bringing the gospel. And the church teaches us that they were caught up literally by the Holy Spirit and placed in the place where our Lord's mother would fall asleep. They were taken from where they were ministering by the Holy Spirit and placed there. Why? Not only to share their love and their devotion and to honor the mother of our Lord as she would fall asleep. But our Lord wanted them there for the increase of their faith. For they themselves were the foundation of the church. And so he brought them there miraculously for that moment. Now Thomas would show up just after she fell asleep. Kind of like he was the last one to see our Lord resurrected. And when he got there, he told the apostles, I need to go see her body, which was already enclosed in the tomb. I need to go see her body. I need to revere her and love her and show my devotion to her. And so they rolled away the stone. He goes in and there isn't a body there. It was gone. So he comes out and he tells the other 11 apostles that they too could witness that the mother of our Lord was no longer there. 
Now, should you think it's strange, an almost uh, overzealous explanation where the apostles are caught up by the Holy Spirit, miraculously taken there. You know, sometimes when we look at these extra scriptural stories and testimonies of the lives of the saints, we tend to believe some of these miraculous accounts a little bit less sometimes, unfortunately. The reality is this very same thing was in Scripture in Acts chapter 8. In Acts chapter 8, Philip was led by the Holy Spirit to meet the Ethiopian eunuch and to share the gospel with this Ethiopian eunuch who would then bring the gospel back to Ethiopia. So Philip does that and he shares the gospel and he receives the gospel. Even the Ethiopian eunuch testified that Christ was the Son of God. And as soon as that happened, Philip said, let's baptize you. The Ethiopian eunuch was baptized, and we're told that as soon as the Ethiopian eunuch came out of the water, what happened? Philip was caught away by the Holy Spirit and translated to another location. It was just that important. And so our Lord, who can do all things, has done this. Look just above the apostles, and you see three other hierarchs. Bishops, overseers of the church. You'll know this because they have a stole with a cross around them. Now, I won't go through all of them, but one of them we are told is, and they're all hierarchs of that time, but one of them was St. Timothy, to whom Paul wrote the book of Timothy, who was he sent to be an overseer of the church. He was there gathered as well as other hierarchs. Look just in between them and above them, and you will see the angelic host are present falling asleep of our Lord. They surround the mother of God joyfully at what they're about to witness Christ do. Just as they surrounded the scene at the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ when he would be born into the world and proclaim his glory. And they're there with the mother of God in all. But notice the most important thing in all of the busyness, and it's a busy icon, there's a lot of things going on. It doesn't change your reality. It is a truth central to our Christianity. Who's the central figure? In all of this going on, the entire scene points to the resurrected <coughs> Lord Jesus Christ in all of his splendor and in all of his glory. Now notice something. You see the Blessed Virgin Mary. You see our Lord Jesus Christ. Who is he holding? His mother. I know it's a little small there in the picture, but go with me. If we blew it up bigger, you'd see it very clearly. He has in his arms his own mother. But what does his mother look like? Not an adult. In the scene, the mother of God looks like a child. And if we really blew it up a little bigger, you'd see this too very clearly. What's she wearing? mother of our Lord is wrapped in swaddling clothes, burial clothes. He is holding his mother pictures the child so close to his heart. And just as our Lord Jesus Christ was born into this world through her, for she bore Christ in her body and gave birth. In other words, salvation himself came through her. And what would she do? Wrap him in swaddling clothes and she would hold him close to herself. And she's seen here being taken by his arms into, and very lovingly and very gladly, into paradise. 
fathers teach us that what we're seeing here is the great role reversal and the revelation of who Christ always was, even as a child. The Blessed Virgin Mary, as we said, bore Christ within her. Salvation would come. He would come wrapped in swaddling clothes. And in reality, all of the church fathers, when they teach about this in this very icon, in reality, she bore within her and gave birth to her own heavenly father. For Christ our God was God. And just as when Christ was a child, she held him close to her bosom. Now at her falling asleep, all is revealed. That she indeed had a heavenly father that bore her. It was her own son, Jesus Christ our Lord. It's a beautiful picture. Just as when Christ was a child, she held him close to her bosom. Now, Christ, who is always her God and Father, when she falls asleep, takes him to his own bosom and holds her, his child, his mother, his child. And again, lovingly brings her into paradise. The fathers testified that the Blessed Virgin Mary lived a life. Not just did she carry Christ within her at the birth, through the pregnancy and at the birth. But when Pentecost would fall, once again the Blessed Virgin Mary would be filled with the same God. By the Holy Spirit and through her life would bear salvation through her. She ministered to many. She was well beloved as a saint and esteemed. For she bore Christ within her and salvation came through her. And then we see her reward for living such a life as she would be born into glory by her son, Jesus Christ. I want to read to you just a few brief paragraphs of something I found on the OCA, Orthodox Church of America website on this icon. Listen to it and consider what it says about you. The parallel between the image of the God-man Jesus holding the childlike soul of Mary and the image of, the, of Mother Mary holding the Christ child in her own arms, of course, is deliberate. She is given the title God-bearer. To carry the word of God, Jesus Christ, within us is the calling for all Christians. To bear him spiritually within us during our lives and shine with his glory. The reward after our repose is that God bears our soul into his own hands and carries us into eternity as we carry him for just this brief time. And just as we look to Mary's life for an example, we look to her bodily falling asleep in this icon for hope as to where such an example leads us. The hope is in the bodily resurrection and the life of the age to come. Both are shown in this icon. The bodily assumption of Mary into heaven, as well as the commendation of her soul into the hands of Jesus Christ. So we take two things away with us, and we remember two things. We always know when we look at Mary, we see us, and when we look at Mary, she points us to her son. We are to live the life of the Blessed Virgin Mary. We are to be God bearers and salvation deliverers to all of those around us by the giving over of our lives because of the blessed gift that we've been given. And should we live in that manner, allowing our Lord Jesus Christ to so save our souls and renew us, regenerate us into a new creation, 
and let that flow through us to others. Should we live that life, we have the promise that we see tonight. We have the promise of our Lord taking our soul, if you can picture it, his own hands and bearing us into paradise, into the joys that he intends to offer us eternally. That's the blessed hope of our faith. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you.